With the Chiefs and the Niners playing in the Super Bowl, there's one style of, of the team versus another style of team. And the Steelers are trying to be one of those styles. But is that the right way? We'll talk about that with Josh Taylor here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. Thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Go play daily fantasy sports on Prize Picks right now by going to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code all lowercase NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. As I said before, we're joined by the man himself, Josh Taylor. You can see him on, on KDK TV. You can hear him on 93.7 The Fan. He's everywhere. He hasn't been on the show in a bit. He's been doing the dadly duties. We've been letting him do that, but we're happy to get him back. Josh, how you been, my man? Doing all right, man. We are uh, we we have a we have an official caller in the house. My 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 daughter's almost nine months old. She is mobile. She is everywhere, and she's driving my wife crazy. Probably at the current moment, but yeah, we got we got two that are mobile, and one's trying to catch up with the other one, and she probably will in due time. Outside of that, just you know, trying to enjoy the downtime in between the uh, conference championships and the Super Bowl. Looking forward to this matchup. I think it's going to be good. So it'll it'll be a fun weekend. Absolutely. Let's dive into a few two two things here. We won't talk about the Super Bowl too much. I was using that to kind of cue up our point here. The, the the point though is that this year the the signing of Arthur Smith is another commitment towards being a team that we talked about them being last year. That's going to run the ball, control the clock, base themselves off of that, use play action, use passing, use the run to set up the pass and play that style away instead of trying to either turn up their quarterback into a superstar or going and getting a superstar. And the question I think that everyone's kind of wondering right now, is that the right way to build your team? Because if you look at the Niners, the way they're built, that's what, how they're built. Brock Purdy, for as good as he's played, he's a game manager. And, and that's not a slight to him. It's a, it's, no. a, it's, an, it's a rational point that he is a game. He's not a guy that makes plays outside of the structure of the play and does insane things to make things happen for the 49ers. Whereas that's who Patrick Mahomes is. Now I will say Patrick Mahomes has kind of dialed that back this season because the chiefs defense has been really good. But to me, the the Steelers getting Arthur Smith is another sign that they want to be a strong team that can run the ball, call play action and establish that identity. Well, they wanted to be that team last year, Josh, they really didn't become that team until the last like two months or so. uh, When they, you know, from week 10 on, they had the, um, they had the second most rushing yards in, in the NFL. The question is, though, is that still something that they should be trying to do? Or is or are, are they missing a step here for what it takes to be really good in the NFL or to win a Super Bowl in the NFL? I think it's what they should try to do because that's what they're both they're best suited to be right now. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we love to talk about what this team isn't and what this organization isn't and what this roster doesn't have. But we don't try to focus on what this roster does have. Or we try to conflate what this roster has to make it bigger than what it is, as opposed to looking at things for what they are and what they could be. 
I didn't mind the hiring of Arthur Smith. I shouldn't say I didn't mind it because I did think it was a good move, but I didn't hate it as much as some other people did because everybody talks about what they want this offense to be and what kind of numbers they should put up or how many touches this guy should have. That's a lot of fantasy football and bad gamblers talking. If you're talking about winning football games, your team should be based on what you do well. Your team should be based on what your roster is built for and what they're able to do. And the truth of the matter is this roster has a really good set of running backs in Najee Harris and Jalen Moore. They've got a capable tight end in Pat Fryermuth who can make plays in the passing game, especially in the middle of the field. Down that middle third, he's dangerous there. He's really good in the red zone. They had a couple of really good receivers in George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Johnson's a really good possession guy that can really hurt teams short and intermediate. Pickens is a guy who can beat teams deep, but he can make plays in short and intermediate too. So they have a lot of different things they can use. But what's the one thing that joins them together? The ability to do all of those things within a certain flow. And that certain flow for this team, for this roster, and for specifically for this quarterback, and by this quarterback, I mean Kenny Pickett, if that's what we're assuming going into next season. The best way to have that flow work is to use your running game as the conduit to work to everything else. If their teams, if teams are going to look to try to take away George Pickens, fine, run the ball. If teams are going to try to pack in to run the ball, fine, use play action to set up the pass. But find ways to make defenses identify what they're going to do and then dictate what you're going to do. I think something that really gets lost in the shuffle this past season was, yes, the Steelers had a really strong run game the second half of the season. But one of these particular instances when their run game was really efficient was when they could do it out of 11 personnel or yeah. against light boxes and nickel and dime situations where they could just line that, that group up and run the ball, whether it was with Jalen Warren or Najee Harris. But they had success when they can spread teams out and run the ball. But they could also bring guys in and still run the ball. But if you're able to do that of 11 personnel, it makes it a lot more hard for defenses to decide where they're going to run and they're going to pass. Who, who's the ball going to and who do we stop? Well, so the, this is a question I had for you, and I brought this up last week on my show. But 12 personnel isn't something the Steelers really use that much. They were 24th in uses last year, and 12 personnel is when you bring in two tight ends, have two wide receivers, and a running back. Um, and Arthur Smith, that's what he does. The Falcons used 12, 12 personnel more than anyone in the NFL last year. And in the two years he was with the Titans, they were in the top five in both years in usage of, of it. They were also the best running team in either of those years with, out of 12 personnel. They got those kind of numbers. And that's where I look at it. And I'm like, man, if the Steelers can – if they can get 12 personnel humming the way the Titans did back in 2019 and 2020 when Arthur Smith was was their, their OC – that could be a big ticket because, like you said, teams, if, if you can't can't figure out that, oh, they're definitely running the ball, definitely throwing the ball because Pat Fryermuth's become a better blocker, which I think he improved last year. He still needs to make yes. more improvements. But Darnell Washington, he's already a good blocker, but can he develop more skills as a, as a receiver? And then you have Pickens and Johnson and either Harris or Warren. That, to me... If you can get an offense that it doesn't just live in that, but have that being a big feature of your offense to keep personnel packages tough for the defense to figure out because they don't know who can cover your tight ends with the, with their athleticism or stop the run uh, with the physicality, that's the kind of mix that you want uh, to, to have. And I think that that's something they can definitely use in their favor to, one, make things easier for the run game, but then, two, if the run game's humming, make it easier for Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, whoever your quarterback that back is next year, to have better throwing situations. This is where I give a shout-out to our, our little mini sickos committee when it comes to this team. You guys know who you are. When we talk about how 
you know, trying to get both tight ends involved in this offense and running the football and Darnell Washington being involved and Broderick Jones being this road grading mauler. That, that group of us that wants to see this happen, we hear this and we get excited because yeah. that's what we want to see. Because we think, and it's not just because it's what we want to see, but it's also because we think this is what this offense is very suited for. This offense can be really good in 12 personnel. It can be really good in 11 personnel too, don't get me wrong. But 12 personnel is where this team could really give teams problems. And I'm glad you brought up the Falcons and what they've done, but there's a couple of other teams that were really good at it. Let's go back to New England 10, 15 years ago. The height of that time and Tom Brady when that offense was that unstoppable, a lot of it was because they can go 12 personnel and do so many different things with that personnel and line guys up in different places where you didn't always know what New England was going to do. You didn't always know where the ball was going. And another example I'll give is San Francisco. They do it a lot with 21 personnel. They'll do it with two running backs, a tight end, and two receivers. And they got guys lining up in different places where you don't know who's going where and you don't know where the ball is going. And it allows them to run the ball. It allows them to pass the ball. They can even work play action in. They use different things creatively with motion. And it allows them to be a lot more unpredictable and harder to stop. And if you do that with this team and you have the elements to do it, just find a way to tie it all together. And it, it makes it a much more complicated offense. It does. I want to talk about more about, about what the Steelers should prioritize with this draft class, with free agency, all here on the next segment of the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Chris Carter here with Josh Taylor. Stick with us. we still got a lot to discuss. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by DoorDash. Why root for your favorite team or watch the Super Bowl on an empty stomach? Order on DoorDash and save on your football watch party favorites like pizza, wings, burgers, anything that you can imagine that they, they can be delivered to you. DoorDash probably has right they can get it right to your door like me might get some big shot box wings might get some permani sandwiches all different things pittsburgh staples that you can get right to your door if you're not in pittsburgh guess what doordash is wherever you are so they'll find you your local favorites and right now doordash will get you 50 percent off up to a 10 dollar value when you spend 15 dollars or more on your first order when you download the doordash app and enter code lock 23 subject exchange terms and conditions apply if you want even more value you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a zero dollar delivery fee on all eligible orders with a dash pass membership you can get prepared before game day stock up on whatever you like whether it's the food from your favorite restaurant or from a food that you want to prepare to make your favorite meals for your yourself and your friends doordash is always the option and remember you can get 50 percent off up to a 10 dollar value when you spend 15 dollars or more on your first order at doordash just download the doordash app right to your phone when you do enter the code locked 23 that's l-o-c-k-e-d-2-3 subject to change terms and conditions apply we're also brought to you by prize picks prize picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in north america the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers you're not battling against thousands of other players you're not going up against pros and sharks you're just going up against prize picks because prize picks has set projections for all the players out there and if you think see players that you think you have a beat on how they're going to play in a game all you do is look at that prize picks projection say it's going to be more or less than their projection if you're right your winnings will start to roll in for you. Prize Picks is the fun new daily fantasy game that everyone needs to start playing right now. They even have a specials league that you can take advantage for for Super Bowl weekend where you can combine football players and basketball players for, for, for combined points. For example, if you think that Travis Kelsey and LeBron James will combine for over 10 and a half combined receptions and three-pointers this weekend, you can say more or less 
and you can watch your winnings happen on prize picks. Prize picks also offers a reboot policy where your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL games, you can you can get a player you can if your player exits the game because of injury in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. So download the PrizePix app today or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily daily fantasy sports. That's prizepix.com slash NFL. Use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepix.com slash NFL. Use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter here with Josh Taylor. We're talking all things Steelers. So, Josh, let's look at a few things here in the draft and what the Steelers need to do to be the kind of team that they want to be to compete with the Chiefs, teams like the Chiefs, teams like the Niners, teams that make it to the Super Bowl uh, or, and are in those conversations. And let's, let's be clear, the Steelers made the playoffs this past year. They've made the playoffs three out of the last four years. It's clear they can get there, but they have to be they have to be very good at something. They were good at running the ball at one point this season. They have to be. They have to be good. They have to be great at that. They were good at playing defense. They have to be great at that. And I think that's where the tricky part about building with this team is right now. You have strengths. Offensive line is kind of a strength, but it's not. It's not an elite group yet. Uh, you know, the, the 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 defense. They are. They are definitely a strength in that they they were they had their sixth best scoring defense in the NFL. But questions in the secondary. Who plays next to Mike Fitzpatrick? Can you get Mike Fitzpatrick to back to being an X factor? Who lines up next to Joey Porter Jr. at the cornerback position? You know, what are you going to do it on the defensive line? There's questions there, and the question that I have for you is, what should be the biggest priority if you were to pick? Three priorities right now that this Steelers team has to achieve in free agency and the draft. So giving you a lot of space to do this. What what are those priorities? And if you could name you don't have to name them all in the order that they are the priority. But if there's one above the other two, which ones are which one is that? Oh, the one above the other two for me is offensive line. It That's Ooh. been. I, I said that going into last year in the draft. And I, I, I have the exact same feeling going into the draft this year that I did last year. Last year, my kind of wish list, what I wanted going into the draft, I wanted two of their top three picks to be an offensive and defensive lineman. And they did exactly what I hoped they would do. So I kind of got what I wanted there in terms of Broderick Jones and Keanu Benton. And both of them, by the way, have worked out very well. I'd like to see them do that again this year. I'd like to see two out of those top three picks, one be an offensive lineman and one be a defensive lineman. If you want to run it back again with that third out of the three being a corner, I'm not going to tell you no. If you want to make that third pick a wide receiver, once again, I will not tell you no. But if you want to make that third pick a linebacker, I buy, well, no means will argue with you. I think that will be another addition as well. But for me, it really, this team has to get better up front. It, it, it made a stride or two last season. I'm not going to sit here and say they didn't because I thought they did as far as the offensive line play and the growth of a Keanu Benton I thought was really helpful for this team. But if they're going to get to what you're talking about to where they need to be great at a thing or two to get past that first playoff matchup, then there needs to be some work on the offensive line done. I would like to see that happen. If I had to pick between what particular position, I'd really like for it to be a center. I think it's time for them to really prioritize that position again and on the defensive side, I would prefer to be an interior guy because I think it's time to continue to continue to prioritize that position. That's where I would go with that. As far as that third position, it could be corner, it could be linebacker, 
It could even be strong safety if we mm. really want to get into the nitty gritty of trying to have a more concentrated long term approach to that position. Strong safety, I wouldn't argue with either. I agree that that is that is certainly something the Steelers need to look at is strong safety. And I've talked about that a little bit. I think this is also a good safety class for when you want to get those guys, because if you look at um, at the guys out there right now, there's no safety that I feel is like going to fly off the board in round one. But there's plenty of guys who on day two, I think would be very interesting picks. You got a bigger guy in Tyler Newbin out of Minnesota. He's six foot two. He could be an interesting guy. I really like Cameron Kitchens out of Miami, Javon Bullard out of Georgia, Tyke Smith out, out of out of Georgia, Jaden Hicks out of Washington State. All of those guys that if they got in the second, third, or maybe even the fourth round for Hicks, because I think that there's some people that rank him down, 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 down as a day three pick. That those are athletic young guys you can add to your team and make an asset. You look at how Antoine Winfield has worked out for the Buccaneers. He's a, he's become a superstar safety for them. And I'm not saying they need a superstar next to Minka Fitzpatrick, but if you can get a really good, talented athlete to play strong safety, to be a factor there next to Minka Fitzpatrick, that can be the factor that can really make sure the middle part of your field is locked up, backs up your linebackers really well, and is a big, big answer there. But corner is also a big need here, in my opinion. And, and, and we'll get to the, the, the trenches in a, in a bit here. But, you know, you look at the corners this year. There's this. I think this is a really good corner class. You know, you got so many guys that are first round grades, either Cooper DeGene from Iowa, Nate Wiggins of Clemson, uh, Quinion Mitchell of Toledo, Kool-Aid McKinstry or Terry and Arnold, both of Alabama, Kamari Lasseter of Georgia. All of those guys could could fly off in the first round and that could make for an interesting pick there. But last year they waited on corner and got Joey Porter in the second round. They could do similar things there. But I think that the thing that you're talking about here is, is very interesting is the trenches still having to be the priority. And in my opinion, if you want to improve the trenches and you're you're not getting center, a, a starting center or a starting tackle in free agency, those two things have to be done in the first and second round because Jackson Powers Johnson is shooting up everyone's boards right now. And with him, with, with him shooting up everyone's boards, he might not even be available there at 20. I just saw a mock yeah. draft where he was picked 16th by the by the Seahawks. And if he's not there, I say, hey, go get, you know, as long as one of those top tier tackles are there, um, guys like Talalese Fofuaga, JC Latham, um, Amarius Mims, get, you know, Tyler Guy, one of those guys, that'd be worth it as long as you can make sure that you find a way to get Zach Frazier as your center in the second round. You get a mix of those two types of players. I think you're speaking well. And even if you get Jackson Powers Johnson in the first round and come back and say, get a Patrick Paul or a Graham Barton or a Kingsley Sua Mataya uh, in the second round, you're addressing that offensive line, and you're saying this offensive line will become in the next couple years one of the, one of the best, if not the best, offensive lines in football. I, I thought they were trying to send that message when they brought in Broderick Jones. I, I yeah. think they brought it in like, look, we're trying to turn this into a much different group. It doesn't have to be just big and strong. It can be big, strong, and athletic. And if you're Broderick Jones, you got you got a serious you know attitude to you, and I, I keep coming back to that game against the Titans, that Thursday night game, where Mike Tomlin goes over to Broderick Jones after that first drive, and they just run the ball down Tennessee's throat, and you just hear Broderick Jones going all game, and Mike Tomlin's like, "Say it again." There there is clearly a shift toward what they want to do up front and how they want to do it. You rattled off a lot of names. I heard a few Georgias in there, by the way. Mm -hmm. I, I keep my blanket policy of insert at least one Georgia guy here because that's another one of the things that's like permanently on my list now. Give me at least one Georgia boy and I'm happy. But if you can get a group of linemen, especially if you can get two in the first three rounds of this draft, I'm not going to argue with you. But if you can get that kind of lineman that you're talking about, 
that can be physical and that can be dominant, but can also be athletic. And you talk about hiring Arthur Smith. What does he like? He likes a big, strong, physical offensive lineman that can move because they have to be able to move in the run game. So if you can find that, it's going to be an immediate upgrade, not only the immediate upgrade from a physical standpoint, but it's going to be a better fit for what Arthur Smith wants to do with this offense, particularly not just running the ball, but passing the ball as far as pass protection as well. All of those things become important. I agree. It's one way to address, uh, to make that, again, you want to make the offensive line not just a strength, but a dominant strength. Like you look at the Niners, their offensive line can kick a lot of butt. Trey Williams is the best lineman in the game. In my exactly. You imagine if this team, if the Steelers had, like, imagine if Jackson Powers Johnson is the center the way that Creed Humphrey is for the Chiefs, and imagine if the Steelers Broderick Jones and say they get another tackle in this class, and you know, and and they're not as good as Trent Williams, but as a duo, they're dominant. And then you still have Sayamalo and Daniels in between them, good veterans who can set the tone. That could be the perfect mix to be the team that controls the line of scrimmage and play that that not just the old school style of Steelers of football, but also the more modern way of, hey, you want to control the line of scrimmage to make things easier. Because, listen, as much as people think that it's all about air raid and just spread them out and throw the ball all the time. That is how so many teams are winning right now. That's what that's what got the Eagles to the Super Bowl last year. It's what made the Ravens good, I think, th- th- this year in a lot of ways, um, outside of having Lamar Jackson, of course. Um, it's what helped the Lions be who they were with with Penny uh, um, with, uh, with 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 us with Sewell and with Ragnow at center. They, they, again, center tackle off offense. Greg Ragnow, who big? Arkansas guy here. Um, they got a couple Arkansas guys. Don't leave out Dan Skipper. They bring him in in that big set uh, too. They there we go. Man. We got we got to get our Arkansas shoutouts here. But point being, there are plenty of teams that win this way, and I do think that with the hiring of Arthur Smith, you almost have to follow through to to uh, to become actually become that team, so that next year you're giving yourself the best chance to be one of the better ones at doing that, and that gives you the best chance to win. Uh, you you can't discount the fact when you're looking at the four, just the four teams that played in the conference championship games. Like just put it down to Baltimore, Kansas City, and San Francisco, and Detroit. All four of those teams had really good, if not dominant, offensive lines. People love to talk about Detroit's offense, and I, I know it's about the offensive coordinator because he was such a hot name, and Amon Ross St. Brown, which is my favorite family of wide receivers, by the way, the St. Browns are just fantastic. But the thing that, that really held it all together was that offensive line, they very seldom had a bad game. They very seldom had a bad series, and they very seldom had stretches where they weren't moving bodies because they were. They were doing it consistently and they still have guys like Taylor Decker that you don't hear a lot about. These are high pedigree guys that they brought in. Penny Sewell, high pedigree guy. We talked about my two Arkansas guys being high pedigree guys, but these were dudes that were brought in specifically for one job, move bodies and get them out of the way. So you could have guys like Montgomery and you could have your, your running backs making some of the plays that they made in Detroit because it made it so good. And that's what happened with San Francisco. We talk about Trent Williams being one of the best linemen in the league. They let Mike McGlinchey go, and it didn't matter in San Francisco because that offensive line play was so good. Kansas City, we've seen it for a few years now. You mentioned Creed Humphrey as much as the other guys on that line. And it also, Baltimore, I thought, was a team that really elevated his offensive line play because you saw it in the pass protection for Lamar Jackson, but you saw it in the run game as well. And it showed in the numbers. And this is coming back to the four teams in the conference championship games. Three of them were in the top five in yards per carry. The only one that wasn't was Kansas City, and they were 13th at 4.3. 
So even when you when you want to talk about an offense that can do a lot of things on the outside of the field, that's great. That's all well and good. You want to talk about a quarterback that can make plays outside of the flow, that's all well and good. But none of it matters if you don't have the offensive line to make it work on either side of the spectrum. Absolutely. I want to talk more about how that how that kind of a team competes with other teams in the NFL and give our final grades and our final final grades of the season going over the specialists and how they graded out this year. Chris Carter, Josh Taylor, Locked on Steelers. Stick with us. Still a lot to talk about. But first, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Sometimes we all need opportunity to get things off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let those things out, especially just someone unbiased in your life like a good therapist. So today, I want to say how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking the same thing this week. You probably aren't because you unlike me, are having to deal with all the Taylor Swift jokes. Actually, you probably are. So you know what? And it's not even Taylor Swift. I like Taylor Swift. I like that she's enjoying the cheese. I like that she's because that, that people are mad about her. But you know what I'm not liking? I'm not liking all the bad puns that everyone makes, Josh. I don't like that everyone keeps saying shake it off and names every song in a show. I get it. You think you're funny, but you're not. So stop doing it because it's driving me nuts. And it's making you go talk to my therapist at BetterHelp Therapy online. Go to help BetterHelp Therapy right now, and you can find the person that helps you get the, get the worst things off your chest, which are a lot deeper and more serious than your favorite sports team or your least favorite sports topic that's just now about a singer because she's really popular. Um, and if you're thinking about starting therapy, that's why you got to give BetterHelp Therapy a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible around your schedule, and that can be done easily by visiting BetterHelp dot com slash locked on and you'll get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp H E L P dot com slash locked on. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter, Josh Taylor. Uh Josh, I want to talk about the team, the the type of team the Steelers need to be to be to beat these teams. We've been kind of circling around it. We've been we've talked about it a good bit, but I still want to go go at and say like, okay, if the Steelers are going to again compete with them, we, we can say add to the offensive line and get a, get another quarterback and all these other things. We can talk about this stuff as much as as much as we want, but the fact is they still have to find a way to win these games, and that's where I think there's there's going to be some people out there that are kind of like I don't I don't buy it yet. I still want to see. I still want to see them get over the finish line of, of winning a playoff game, and I hear that. I understand that, but I think the Steelers, if they do the things that we're talking about them needing to do, I think that they put they can put themselves in these conversations um, that can make them a, be a better team that can compete with these these other squads. You look at the teams that were top five in rush and in, in, in running the ball. Um, from again, that period where the Steelers were really good this past year at running the ball from, from I think it was week nine on to week 18, um, Steelers ranked second in overall yards. I think that in yards per game, they were like third or fourth, but the teams around them were the Ravens, the Niners, the Bills, uh, the Lions, all teams that if the Steelers could get those kind of results, people would be a lot happier about the direction that they're going. I think that certainly you want to run the ball better, but the question is, what else do they have to do to compete with other teams at a, at a higher, at a better rate? And is that something that if they address it right in this offseason that they could be at next year? Or is this another year to set up a future year, Josh? Because I think that's what people are tired of hearing. They're tired of hearing about, oh, next, the year after this is the year, which I even said, like, listen, I think they'll make the playoffs this, this past season. Mm -hmm. I said they'll probably make the playoffs, but I don't see them being Super Bowl contenders just yet. 
what is it going to take to stop that kind of talk and say, okay, they are a contender? It's going to take quite a few things. The one thing that is the obvious thing is that we talked about already. It's the play in the trenches and that's on both sides of the ball. That's something that's going to have to be consistently better. I think on a day, on a week to week basis, the other things I think that are important really. And a lot of it is it's more day to day. It's more, can you be the team that's more consistent and makes fewer mistakes? Because the thing that, the thing that really caught up with this team, especially the really bad losses that they had the playoff game where I thought it became a problem. It's just unforced errors. Can you control the unforced errors that you make? Can you control, you know, losing the football? I mean, this team had this really big problem holding on to the football in that playoff game against Buffalo. Then you saw where, you know, he had certain things that snowballed. He had one bet play here, and it was snowballed to a couple other plays otherwise. You saw it a couple times, like, I want to say it was in the game against Cincinnati or a game against Cleveland with Deontay Johnson, that play, and that kind of snowballed. And you see other plays on defense where they begin to snowball. Can you be more consistent on a week-to-week basis in doing the things that you are allowed to do that prevent those unforced errors? But more importantly, and this is something that, you know, you hear it tossed around back and forth, and I think they look at it the wrong way. I think a lot of people talk about quarterback play as it being the pinnacle number one thing. I don't think it's a pinnacle number one thing, but I do think it's a big foundational thing. And it doesn't have to be superstar level play, but could it be competent level play? An average level of quarterback play for this offense would have made it one of the top half offenses in the league. All it needed was average level quarterback play. All you need is just competent quarterback play. I hear a lot of people talking about how Kenny Pickett needs to be able to do this and how an offensive coordinator has to help Kenny Pickett do this. The next offensive coordinator, and I hate putting everything on offensive coordinator, But the next team of offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, whoever they may be, you know what their goal should be? Is telling Kenny Pickett, look, every time you get to the line, just make sure you do your job well. Whether it's reading this play to get the ball in this short yardage or getting it in this particular yardage play to move the chains on a third down or just handing the ball off well, just knowing what to do and where to do it and what the extent of your job is. If they can get that more controlled, I think a lot of these other problems probably smooth themselves out because now you're not pressed into a situation where, okay, we can't call this play because we know he can't do this, or we know we can't do this because this is lacking, or we know we can't do this because this is lacking. The true nature of what this offense was versus what it should be wasn't on who the offensive coordinator was. It was on what their limitations were and what they couldn't do consistently. And part of that, a big chunk of it was the lack of consistent quarterback play. For me, if you take that and round that off, it makes this offense look a lot better because consistent quarterback play, you're probably going to get better production from your wide receivers. Consistent quarterback play is going to open up opportunities for your run game. Consistent quarterback play is going to keep your defense off the field and you're going to have longer drives that might result in points. So if there really is that thing, I won't say it's the thing that needs to be the top priority, but it's the thing that's sorely missing. It's just competent, consistent quarterback play. You don't have to be top five. You don't even have to be top 10. Just be consistent in what you do and make sure you get the job done. I agree. Be consistent in what you do and get the job done. Quarterback play is going to be very important. It's, again, it's not necessarily make, going and getting a superstar quarterback. It's getting your quarterback to understand what the scheme is and coach them into, into saying, hey, 
go through these reads, take these options, and trust the system that's your best being put in place. And you got to trust that Arthur Smith will have that system put in place. So we'll have more discussions about this as time goes on. But when we're talking about consistency. We have to get to our final grades on the Steelers specialists this year. And uh, as always, we, you know, we go over these are the last group of players that we have to give our final grades on. As always, throughout the se- throughout the season, after every game, they either, t- players either got a one to a three star grade or a one to three. One to three, or one through a three star grade, or a one to three um, uh, skull grade. Uh, you know, stars being good, skulls being bad. Uh, and then at the end of the season, we total them up and give you their final grades. And if there was one player who was the most inconsistent pr- player on the team this year, it was Presley Harvin, who finished just with eight stars, 12 sc- skulls. And I think he's the first ever player in, in my grading history to give two bus ticket grades to Alan, Alan Saunders. And Listen, there was a point this year where I think it was it started with the first Browns game and then the Raiders game where Presley Harvin was punting the ball and it was like, oh snap, he he did he figure it out? He might have. And it was by like by midseason, all of that progress went away. And uh as much as like you, you people have been rooting for Presley Harvin, he was a great college punter. Um, you know, he was a he won the Ray Guy Award, uh, had a very tragic rookie season in the NFL, losing you know, two close family members uh in, in like a, a span of a week. As much as you want to root for this guy, I the Steelers have to move on from him. You can't, especially with the style of team that they're trying to build, you need to at least have an average punter. You can't have one of the worst punters in the league. And unfortunately, Presley Harvin, that's who he is right now. Yeah, I think parting ways would be good for both both parties in this particular situation. I think the Steelers need more, more consistency for sure from the punter position. And Presley Harvin just might need to change the scenery. And sometimes this is, you know, one of the unfortunate things. Maybe things don't start out on the best of notes. And then you're spending the rest of that time just trying to catch what you were always trying to be at at the beginning. And you never really get there. And it, it feels like a, can- a carrot being dangled in front of Presley Harvin that he's just not going to get to. But maybe a change of scenery allows him to kind of reset mentally and be able to probably get back into a, a possible routine of what he was doing well to become successful. Because I don't think it's not you know completely lost that he might be able to be a serviceable punter somewhere else. It just I don't still know if it'll ever be here. So I can totally agree with that. I'm right with I'm right with you there. One guy who's who hasn't been inconsistent for quite some time, and that's Chris Boswell on the year, finished with 22 stars, one skull, an A grade, uh by, by and large. And, and listen, I think the only years Chris Boswell ever struggles is when he's dealing with an injury. And I think he mm-hmm. was dealing with an injury. Uh the, I think there's been two years where he's had like a, a lower than 80% rate make uh, uh rate kicking the ball. Um, but all the other times he is cash money. When it comes to, to to being a kicker, and this year was, was another one um, on the season, he totaled he was twenty one of thirty nine. That's good for a ninety three point five rate. Last year he was seventy one point four. The three years before that he was in the nineties percent. There right now, career wise, he's eighty seven point two. He's just he's been he's been elite as long as he doesn't get hurt. I think Chris Boswell is still cash money. You keep him around at all costs. Yeah, I've been making this this case for a while that when it comes to kickers in the league, like it's Justin Tucker one, Chris Boswell is one A, and then there's everybody else. Now, granted, McPherson in Cincinnati is a guy who's I, I think has really built up a good resume, and um, Fairbarn is a guy who's really catching people's attention too for being a pretty solid kicker. But still, for my money, it, it Justin Tucker and 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 Chris Boswell, I don't think you can lose either way. I think you'd be crazy to try to suggest that anything less of what we've seen from Chris Boswell isn't among the best kickers in the league. 
Absolutely. Those are our specialist grades and those are all of our final grades. Thank you for everyone who's been been tuned in all season long for our final grades uh, and our grades all throughout the season. But we still no, have a lot more to talk about. What's no up? Log Snapper shout out? No, no Christian Kutz shout not out? Long, we do not do No that. love for the Duquesne guy. Come no, on. No, nope, not at all. Oh, I, I'm not grading it's... Long Snappers. Shout out to Christian Kutz. It's a good day to be Duquesne Duke. Hey, hey great. Christian Kuntz, heck hey. of a job. Do you, do you think, man? But My we are not. If, if, if I have to, because the only time he would only get bad grades, because what do you, you're not getting a three star yeah. grade for just doing your job. That's why I feel like it's unfair to grade, to grade long snappers in the way that That's so we true. do. But he's Josh Taylor from 93.7 Fan and KDKA TV. Josh, let me know you can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Social media, pretty simple. Josh Taylor HD. That's Facebook. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. I'm pretty sure that's TikTok. That's all of the places, and that's the best way to do it. On the TV side, CBS Pittsburgh. That's where I am mostly on weekends. Uh, 93.7thefan.com. Also on the Odyssey app, or, of course, you can listen to the Locked on podcast. You can listen to me there, too, on weekends on 93.7thefan. I have this guy on a lot, too. We talk a lot of football and college basketball and stuff, so – all the more reason to check it out because you get more of Chris along with me too. Absolutely. Check Josh out and all of his things. He's an amazing. We love having him here. We'll have him back again very soon. I'm Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com. Find me here on the Locked On Steelers podcast every Monday through Friday talking about your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily episodes. And rate, if you're on Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars with a, positive com- with a positive comment. You do both at the same time. You get a shout out at the end of the show. We're back tomorrow with Wes Euler of Steeler Nation Radio. We'll see you then right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Thank you.